everyone. Welcome to the Tomorrow's MSP podcast, the voice of the medical services profession, where medical services professionals and industry experts contribute their voices about popular topics, including the impacts of artificial intelligence, MSP core competencies, department advocacy, leadership, and more. I'm your host, Lauren Leacoris, content editor for NAMS. On this episode, I speak with Diane Meldy, past president of NAMS, and Molly Giamarco, senior manager for NAMS Advocacy Government Relations, about how MSPs can better advocate for themselves and their profession, current NAMS advocacy efforts, resources for MSPs, and more. To start us off, what role does the NAMS Advocacy and Government Relations team play in advancing the organization and the MSP profession? So one of the first things that's helpful in understanding NAMS advocacy government relations is really understanding what all of that encompasses. So you think government relations, you think working on Capitol Hill in Washington, D.C. with Centers for Medicare and Medicaid, HHS, Health and Human Services, et cetera. That all is under the umbrella of advocacy and government relations. But the advocacy part is much broader, and that is advocating for the profession, enabling, equipping MSPs to advocate for themselves, advocate at their hospitals, advocate for working advocating for tomorrow's MSP, that all falls under that umbrella. And then looking within for advocacy is very important, but also looking outwards. So those stakeholder relationships, what other organizations work well or work with MSPs regularly? So you have, of course, American Hospital Association, American Medical Association, but you have also so many other entities that MSPs refer to or use every day for primary source verification and to get other information. And so there's always that flow of information, but at the same time, there's those relationships among those groups that are so important. And so one thing that we do as well is developing, maintaining, strengthening those relationships with those stakeholders. And especially as we seek to modernize the credentialing process for practitioner credentialing, for payer enrollment, everything that MSPs touch, it's really important to have the buy-in and the support from our stakeholders. This is not something we can do alone. And AMS cannot on its own, change the way credentialing takes place in the United States today. That is definitely a group effort. It takes everyone to get on board, and that's really the challenge of it. But at the same time, it's a very powerful thing. So in a nutshell, that's what we do day in and day out. And it's really important, I think, in doing this work, we're looking at the concerns of today, but also with an eye of where's this profession in five years and 10 years and working toward those bits as well. And so we work very closely with tomorrow's MSP, which we'll get to a little later, but thinking about where MSPs are today, where they were yesterday, 10 years ago, where we want them, where they should go, where the profession's heading, all of those things. And healthcare, healthcare administration, it's changing rapidly. The last two years have been, we've seen a lot of different things happen. And I think that that will continue to take place. But ultimately, MSPs who really are subject matter experts in so many different areas really do have a role to play in that leadership. And so NAMS Advocacy Government Relations seeks to equip the MSPs with that education, that awareness, that training. So that's really, in a nutshell, what we do. That means that Diane and I are very busy doing a lot of different things, both you know looking inward toward the profession and then looking outward as well. Diane, did you have anything to add? Thank you, Molly. As Molly stated, Advocacy for the MSP profession is important as the MSPs are the best to advocate for ourselves. Without advocacy, it is nearly impossible to see change. As Molly stated also that we work with NAM stakeholders such as ABMS, FSMB, AMA, DNV, and Joint Commission, just to name a few. 
We also build relationships with individuals, whether it be governmental or accreditation organizations or for nonprofit. MSPs are the first step to patient safety. So it is important that our voices are heard often and become experts in these changes. And what are some observed challenges MSPs face when trying to advocate for themselves in the field? As I speak to MSPs, whether it be my organization, NAMS leaders, or members, MSPs have more challenges today than ever before. Many MSPs are working remotely, which makes working in teams more challenging at times. Some MSP departments are short-staffed, either to resignations or reduction in force, and volumes are over 50% of what they were two years ago. These are just a few of MSP changes, and I am sure that MSPs will be able to face these challenges through automation, lean processes, cross-training, and recruiting MSPs from around the world. With the integration of technology throughout the healthcare industry, medical services professionals must move into a digital forward age. Technology now defines how we access information, the speed at which MSPs function, and how they conduct day-to-day activities. From our research, it's clear that new core competencies are required in order for tomorrow's MSP to succeed in this continuously changing healthcare landscape. Changes to the healthcare environment inclusive of disaster preparedness, hospital closings, system consolidations, centralization of functions, technology, and artificial intelligence are affecting the nature of the work that MSPs do and how they perform the fundamental task. In order to remain relevant, there is a pressing need for professional evolution. Tomorrow's MSP must be ready to innovate and adapt to new responsibilities. They must be motivated to expand their knowledge, willing to adapt in the age of technology advancement, and focus on the future of this profession. Education, knowledge, and advocacy on topics such as medical staff governance, enterprise risk management, organizational operations, financial performance, and critical thinking and the ability to lead teams virtually are among the essential skills MSPs need to be successful and demonstrate their value. Yeah, and just to add to what Diane said, coming from NAM's perspective too, is we understand that MSPs, everyone's in a different spot. Everyone's hospitals or health systems or wherever you work, it's going to be a little different than someone across the country. So what NAMS does as head, headquarters of, as the association that represents of MSPs, it's really important to know that not all MSPs are working from the exact same system in terms of software, in terms of no software, uh, we're all slightly in a different spot. So one of those challenges too is how do we get everybody, how do we provide resources and really reach out and provide value to all MSPs? and really meet you where you are, but at the same time, bringing you along so that you are taking advantage of the resources, the modernization, digitization, the essentials that really need to happen to help A, streamline credentialing, make the process more efficient, but also ensure that MSPs, no matter where you are, are working at the top of your scope. And that's really important. And then hospital systems, healthcare is changing so fast. The structure of what we see 10 years ago is going to change. And in 10 years from now, there'll be more changes. And we want to ensure that MSPs always have 
a role in that change or influencing that change and when appropriate and there are a lot of appropriate times can take advantage of opportunities to take part in to lead to influence that change and really become leaders in their establishments can you speak to any recent updates that pertain to nam's advocacy efforts yes we have a few but why don't you start NAMS is excited to announce the fourth toolkit, which will be released prior to NAMS conference. The neutral quality toolkit will assist the entry MSP to the managerial MSP to build their knowledge base and awareness of quality organization as resources. Policies and procedures are highly important in quality and peer review functions. Tomorrow's MSP must have this knowledge to promote your career and increase your job satisfaction. It is important to build your own personal two to three year goal as where you want to see yourself involved in quality and medical staff services. Practitioner data can be difficult to obtain due to technical challenges. Some of those challenges with the practitioner specific data are small patient population, data sources are not comprehensive, information systems that are not standardized, lack of consensus of which measures are appropriate to measure, rules for attributing patients to individual practitioners, especially advanced practice professionals, calculation of benchmarks and assignment of peer groups for comparing physician performance, and auditing and validating the results of those involved and practitioners to conform, confirm accuracy of data. MSPs can learn from these challenges and we are hoping that all of you can be part of the solution to receive better practice gender quality data and ensure patient safety. Molly? Yeah, so in addition to the quality toolkit, which you'll see later this year, we are working on what we call as the standard occupational classification task force. That is something that NAMS Government Relations, which is Diane and I are helping to lead for NAMS. So the Standardized occupational classification comes from the Bureau of Labor and Statistics. And what the BLS, which is what we'll call it moving forward, does is it assigns individual occupations classification codes into a large statistical database that can help track a profession, track its growth, track salaries, those sort of things. So all federal entities use the BLS system called the SOC, this classification system to help do the, the statistical analysis on the labor market, on careers, professions in the United States. Right now, MSPs do not have a unique classification code. We are right now grouped under human resources, and that is something we are seeking to amend through the SOC process. The SOC is revised every 10 years, so we have a few years before the next revision takes place, but what NAMS is doing now is getting started on this effort. We're gathering data, we're developing our strategy, we're reaching out to a lot of the stakeholders I mentioned before, Diane mentioned, to ensure that we have outside support as well as a really good case that's backed by data to really show that MSPs are very distinct from HR, first of all, but also distinct and unique enough that they have their own classification code. This is something that NAMS has attempted in the past, two previous times. We continue to be grouped as HR. So this third time around, we really are starting early and really going to tackle this proactively. This is a part of NAM's strategic plan for the next two years. So we are engaged in that. 
The task force meets every other month. We do a lot of work in between to really gather data and work on that outreach. So that's something that we continue to work on as well. MSPs are the gatekeepers of patient safety, ensuring quality care through the credentialing and privileging of healthcare providers in an ever-changing industry. Expand your knowledge base and core competencies by visiting nams.org forward slash education. Can you both talk about the relationship between NAMS advocacy and government relations and the Tomorrow's MSP? National Association of Medical Staff Services articulates and supports the critical role MSPs play as the gatekeepers of patient safety and seeks to keep them at the forefront of this important role. With the introduction of new technologies and healthcare delivery models, the role of the MSP continues to evolve daily. The MSP landscape has transformed faster than anyone anticipated as the world battled COVID-19. The valuable work MSPs do each day came to the forefront as healthcare organizations pivoted the care they provided to combat the virus. MSPs are vital members of the healthcare organization as strategic leaders. As leaders, it is important for us to advocate for our profession and our careers. As mentioned previously in this podcast, NAMS advocacy and government relation works hard to make sure our voices are heard. Some recent examples of the work are ABMS standard revisions, discussion with AMA member regarding health questions, which part of an application process and how it may be prevent or be detrimental to a practitioner seeking help, discussions with FSMB and Provider Bridge, and our discussion with our stakeholders regarding the possibility of changing to a three-year reappointment. Molly and I are always available via email if you wish to let us know about future developments or potential NAMS activism. And my last question for both of you is, Can you speak to the resources that are available to help MSPs advocate for themselves and advance the profession? Yeah, great question. So on NAMS website under advocacy, you're going to see uh, quite a few things we've put together over the last few years. And namely, we have toolkits. So as Diane said, our quality toolkit will be our fourth toolkit in the series that we started in 2020. So it really tracks MSPs role in evolution of hospitals as well as getting into more content-specific items like quality. So that's available to all members. It is behind the firewall, so you do have to log in to access those those materials. However, we have a series of resources that include information on tomorrow's MSP. So we link that information there. There is a job descriptor builder, and I won't take, we won't necessarily take credit for that. That's something that Diane worked on with the Tomorrow's MSP group, but that's listed under advocacy. And I very much consider it an advocacy tool are those bits of information. We also have some position statements. Most recent one we put out was last year, and that was supporting movements to extend practitioner reappointment from two years to three years. That's something that aligns well with quality. We're recognizing that practitioner reappointment and continuous monitoring are both resource intense and they're kind of almost happening continuously. So by extending something three years from two years, it would enable MSPs to continue to work on that continuous monitoring piece and really put their resources together to provide that analytical skill that they have 
toward that monitoring piece. And then that practitioner reappointment bit, if it's extended another year, it doesn't feel like that's always that cycle is always happening, which is what we're finding with it being two years. That position statement also aligns well with the roundtable we put together last year for stakeholders, which was on extending practitioner reappointment from two to three years. This year, we are also doing a roundtable for stakeholders in September. This roundtable will focus on enhancing quality, you know, assessing competency, MSP's role in that, best practices, ways it can be standardized. And so those items will be made available. Everyone, I believe, can access the reports we put out on the roundtables we do. So this year will be our eighth roundtable, all on different topics, all with stakeholders, stakeholder input. So those are all available as well. Another item we have is the credentialing by proxy guidebook. And so this is something that we worked, AMS worked together with the American Telemedicine Association. This happened over the span of 2018, 2019. The credentialing by proxy guidebook helps hospital systems credential providers for, for telemedicine purposes by proxy. It is, you know, it's it's factual, it's legal, it's we have all the expertise on there. It was a multifaceted work group that developed that. What NAMS is doing this year, along with ATA, is revising that guidebook. A lot's happened since 2019, especially in the telemedicine, telehealth world. And so that guidebook is being updated. And then, of course, that will be ready this fall for NAMS members and MSPs. And we hope to really have that resource used, downloaded, shared, discussed as much as possible. So those are a few other items that we have that are readily available on the website. And then if you look down... There's a lot of other items, and I will say that this is not necessarily always government relations work, but there's a lot of other great resources under that advocacy tab where you can kind of learn a little bit more about what's going on in NAMS, tomorrow's MSP, as well as some of the standards that we've put together, like the ideal credentialing standards that really launched us into that that advocacy world with the roundtables that we started back in 2014. So a lot of good information there, a lot of discussion, and a lot of forward thinking which is really, I think, so important to the profession, to NAMS, to MSPs. And certainly it's something Diane and I think about often um, in terms of what can we do as government relations advocacy leaders here with NAMS? Where's the needs? What are the gaps? What's reachable? Where do we need help? All of these items. And these resources aren't just something that happen overnight. They take a lot of time, but it's also input from many, many people. And Diana's our resident subject matter expert. And so, so much of this is because of Diane, but we know there's a lot of great volunteers out there that are helping us with the SOC task force, the roundtable, all of those stakeholders coming together, the credentialing by proxy guidebook, all volunteer efforts. So we're very grateful for that. We couldn't be where we are with, without volunteers. And I'll say, I'll put in a plug in. If you're ever interested in getting involved with NAMS Advocacy Government Relations, please send us an email or just contact the general NAMS inbox and they'll they'll find us for you. But we, we love your expertise, your help, your ideas. So, Dan? Thank you for your time today. And remember, it's all of our responsibility to advocate for our profession and patient safety. Perfect. And Diane and Molly, thank you so much for being part of the Tomorrow's MSP podcast. Greatly enjoyed talking with you today and looking forward to sharing this episode with our NAMS community. Great. Thank you so much. Thank you. I'd like to extend a special thank you to Diane Meldy and Molly Giamarco for joining me on this episode. Thank you for listening to the Tomorrow's MSP podcast, the voice of the medical services profession. 
If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to tune in to the next episode to stay up to date on the latest news and insights. Read more in-depth articles on trending topics by visiting us at namsgateway.org. Until next time.